Hello and welcome to The Final Whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And a fantastic start to 2022 for Southampton, winning 4-1 against Brentford here at St Mary's tonight. The first win under new ownership as well, which lifts Southampton up to 11th in the Premier League table. Now here to discuss all things post-match, we have former Saints captain Dean Hammond again, and also the return of Paul Belverston, Premier League reporter. Now Dean, we'll come to you first. That one half bad, was it? Really good um, result, Steve. Um, very, very impressive. Um, I think the team showed lots of qualities tonight. Uh, defensively, they pretty strong, um, full of energy, um, you know, really adaptable in terms of a change of shape, flexible in terms of the personnel playing in, in different positions. Um, so very, very impressive and, and pretty comfortable, really. Started the game very, very well. Um, getting that early goal always makes a difference. And then to concede, but responded very, very well. Again, um, some good finishes in the second half. So a very, very good performance. And like you say, to move up to a length in the league with a 4-1 victory at home is, is exactly what you want to um, do to start the, the new year, the, the, the Premier League fixtures in the new year. So the manager will be very, very pleased. And the players will take lots of confidence of that and, and dominated a, a good Brentford team. Brentford weren't at their best tonight, if, if we're totally honest. Um, but I think that was down to, to Southampton as well. Um, and strangely enough, I don't think Southampton played that brilliant tonight. I think they were just very, very effective, really clinical when they got the opportunities, but fully deserved the win. So, yeah, brilliant result tonight. And prior to the game, Paul, we were scratching our heads as to how Saints would line up. Uh, no first choice right back there. We also didn't predict a high scoring game. It turned out to be quite the opposite and four different scorers for Saints as well. Oh, it's extraordinary, wasn't it? What a way to impress the new owners and start a new year. Formidable! <laughs> um, great performances all over the pitch. Shut up, Dean Hammond. That was a great <laughs> performance by Southampton. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed that. Um, first time... Southampton have scored four in a Premier League game since November 2020 in that bonkers finish at Aston Villa. First time at St Mary's. We've waited an awful long time for four goals at St Mary's back against Everton in November 2017. So, yeah, now extraordinary. Up to 11th, like you said. Closer to the top four than the bottom three in points terms. So a very, very good night. Not one to mince his words is our bell business, is he? <laughs> well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon. The owners of Southampton Football Club, it's the first game of a new era at St Mary's. And here comes Ward Trash trying to pluck across that near post 1-0. Saints have the lead. Ward Trash takes plenty of credit, and it might be that rare goal machine, Jan Bednarik. Now when Buemo down the right, crosses into the penalty area and that volley will put Brentford level. Vitali Jan out, the German, met it a treat. Looks for a 1-2 with Redmond instead. Then the dummy, Perot crosses it. Tony Sloan, Romeo volleys it over the bar from 12 yards. Here comes the corner from the right. Heads go up, it just misses Lianko. Down it comes and the volley comes in and the goalkeeper can't get there. And Ibrahim Diallo has his first ever Premier League goal. He's got down too slow, hasn't he, Dave? But it hits the post, Dave, I think. Yeah, and then comes off the goalie's hand. Romeo did well. And Salisu clears back to Romeo. That's good play. And that ball from Romeo is a beauty. And Brozier's on goal. He's in behind Jansen. Brozier into the box. And he slides it in for the third. It hits Fernandez's foot. 
but it bobbles over the line. Brentford are trying to break, but Saints, thankfully, from their own corner, rush back, and there's no flag up yet, and Adams is in the box, and Adams has scored! And the flag stays down, and the ball got thrown forward by Southampton. And the referee, Stuart Atwell, says, enough is enough. Well, Dean, let's come to you. Let's start talking about the, the goals then, shall we? And, and there was a few of them to talk about. Uh, Thomas Frank was singing James Ward-Prowse's praises in the week, and understandably so. Another goal for him. Of course, it was his corner that provided the first goal. Talk us through that one. Like you say, great start. Um, Southampton started on the front foot, and um, like we know, we know James's um, quality from, from set pieces. Um, his delivery is is fantastic. Um, one of the best in the league at doing so. And um, you could see before uh, in Southampton's setup, Bednarak was around the goalkeeper. You could see he was going to try and prevent the keeper from um, trying to come and claim the ball, even though didn't realise how actually small the, the Brentford goalkeeper was, to be honest. Um, and I think if you look at it, James is looking to put the ball into an area um, and Oreo Romero makes a really, really good run and almost gets onto the ball. But Bednarak's movement is good as well. And like I say, initially, he's, he's trying to prevent the goalkeeper to try and claim the ball, um, but then comes across and gets a good flick on it and directs it towards goal. So excellent delivery, um, good movement from the players, good timing as well. I'm sure that's something that Southampton work on the training ground at a lot, um, but a perfect way to start to start a game to get an early goal within. I think it was the fifth minute um, is very very important. Just kind of um, settles you down as a player, settles those nerves down, and um, just gets you on the front foot. So excellent delivery, good movement, um, and the, and the perfect start for Southampton. Yeah, Southampton second came from Ibrahim Diallo on the half volley, nipping in just inside the keeper's post as we thought. But then watching it on the replay, it looks like it, it hits the keeper and then bounces into the net. Paul, what did you make of that? And I suppose Diallo's overall performance tonight? I thought it was very interesting that um, Brentford conceded from, from a couple of set pieces, those two goals, because I was at the, uh, the Tottenham-Brentford game. They were very upset to have conceded from a set piece uh, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium there. They pride themselves on being excellent attacking-wise when they've got a set-piece themselves, but also defending. They, they get very upset when they can see. But Southampton really looked a threat every time they had a set-piece, and that's obviously so much down to James Ward-Prowse, but, but all of them, the way they were moving in the box and, and attacking things. Um, obviously very clever by Diallo, wasn't it? Skimming it off the turf. He'd seen... Vitaly Janelt do it uh, at the other end, just the, the one bounce into the corner to beat Fraser Forster. Diallo a bit further out, uh, hits the turf twice. And yeah, I mean, you you had to smirk when you saw the keeper's expression. He was clearly very upset. I mean, he couldn't have been much more unlucky. Could he? We've seen many times a ball hit the post and then cannon back in off the, the goalkeeper's back or something like that to hit his, the back of his fingers like that and go in. Very unlucky, but... We'll take that, Abby Days. And Diallo was one of those players, one of the many players who could have been man of the match, I think. He's been so reliable whenever he's come in into the centre of the park. He never lets Southampton down. I think he's been very unlucky to have as few opportunities as he's had because obviously the, the Romeo Ward-Prowse partnership is, is so difficult to dislodge. Other players in that position could have had a bit of a tantrum and, and decided they wanted to go elsewhere and, and demand more minutes. Diallo is clearly very level-headed. He's very cool and composed in the middle of the pitch there. And whenever he's given an opportunity, I think he's he's excellent. So uh, he's, a, he's a great asset to have in that squad. 
Absolutely fantastic performance from him. Uh, Dean, what about the third goal then? Just how vital was that after, uh, just after the first half then uh, to settle the side down? Yeah, great timing, Kenzie. You look at all the goals tonight, if you look at, you know, scoring after five minutes, um, then Diallo's goal just before half time is very, very important to go in leading. And then, the, was it the 49th minute? I think Brozier's goal goes in and then Shea Adams in the 70th minute just to, just to finish the game off. So, good timing uh, of the goals, but a brilliant goal. It really, really was. It was, you know, Brentford on the attack. Um, Southampton win the ball back. Very, very composed in possession. Didn't just try to clear it. Tried to play their way out. Diallo um, back into uh, Romeo. Romeo back to, I think it was Salas who played the ball back to him again. Could have just cleared it. Brilliant turn and awareness from Romeo. And then a fantastic pass. It really is. But a very, very clever run from Brozier where he tries to stay on side and he can because he's in his own half. So he can be ahead of the defender. But it's very, very clever because he curves his run and delays it and then gets in behind. And just, you know, really, really, again, composure from him. Going through and goal. You never really doubt him. He has the amount of touches he needs. He gets himself in the position and just doesn't shoot until he's ready. Has a look at the keeper one or two times as he's going through, and it's an excellent finish. The keeper's unfortunate, almost saves it, but goes in a corner. But it's a brilliant goal. It really, really is. And excellent counter-attacking football. But like I say, the, the pass is fantastic, but the movement is really, really good and really, really clever from, from such a young man, really, from, from 20 years of age um, for that moment. And, and the composure he showed to finish... Um, he's a real talent he really is and he takes it very very well yeah definitely well if the fans weren't satisfied at 3-1 Shea Adams comes off the bench to grab a fourth and Paul that goal will do him the world of good in particular absolutely because he hasn't had much football recently with his uh, funny hamstring injury that the uh, the manager described it as that made him, made him miss two games and then COVID missing another two so in the last five weeks you, you think of this as being such a hectic time. He's actually only played once. So, and before that, those run of absences, he was in terrific form. He'd, he'd scored five in, in seven games for club and country, I, I think it was. And at a time when Southampton was struggling to score as well, because uh, in the six games that he'd scored four for Southampton, the rest of the side had only managed two goals between them. So he comes on, he'd have been chomping at the bit to have a, have a taste of football again after missing those games gets half an hour or whatever it was, and two terrific touches, weren't they? I mean, the first one to just push it away from the, the defenders, tempt the goalkeeper out, and then prod it past him. And, and brave too, because he, he must have known he was going to get clattered by, by the goalkeeper. That didn't bother him. He's got his goal. And uh, hopefully this can be the start of another good goal-scoring streak. Because he's that sort of player, isn't he? That he, he's, he tends to score goals in clumps and... You know, I, I thought he might start today. I think it was probably quite a clever move to to ease him back in after he has been missing so much football. And yeah, I think there's uh, that's a very good sign that uh, that he's hit the score sheet already again so quickly. Nice, definitely. Well, Dean, we spoke before the game, didn't we, about how good Brentford have been this season. What did Saints do tonight to win so convincingly then? I think off the ball, Southampton were very, very good, especially in the first half, the way they pressed Brentford um, didn't allow them to, to settle, really. Um, I mentioned that the time of the goals um, were really, really important um, for the victory. Um, but out fault Brentford as well, I think, the, the change of shape from the manager, um, but the personnel within that, that shape, I think Brentford potentially would have prepared for James Ward-Prowse playing wide. 
but Nathan Teller played there, you know, more of an attacking option, um, really attacking uh, wing back. Um, so, yeah, just kind of a combination of things, but lots of energy, I think, was, was the important thing on and off the ball, uh, really tested and, and clinical. You know, we probably, there's been a few question marks in some games this season where Southampton have created chances and are not taken them. Um, I don't think you can label them on that tonight. Um, the chances they've had, probably had maybe five or six chances and scored four goals is very, very impressive. So clinical in front of goal, the timing of the goals, um, but the work rate, the energy, the understanding between the players was just prevented Brentford getting in any rhythm really and causing um, Southampton um, any problems. Saying that, Fraser Forster did make a couple of good saves, which is really, really important. And that tackle from James Ward-Prowse at the end was was fantastic. You know, real qualities from from an inspirational captain. Yeah, most definitely. Paul, a lot of our chat before the game was largely dominated by the defence. We had no Tino tonight, no KWP or Jan Valerie at right back. We ended up playing three centre-backs and uh, Nathan Teller at right wing-back. So what did you make of it in the end and how did they all do for you? I thought it was very interesting seeing the way James Ward-Prowse, Nathan Teller just so naturally covered for each other in that position. Uh, it obviously fell apart just once, and that was for the Janelt goal where uh, Teller perhaps could have been or should have been tighter on him. But largely, I think they're, they're all such good players. They're so comfortable and, and, and cool and composed when the, the ball is there to be played out. It can often give us spectators a bit of a heart attack when you think, oh no, just lump it. But, you know, that's where the third goal came from. Lovely little uh, quick passing in tight areas between Salasu, Romeo and so on to, to then feed it through to Brozier. And um, I thought they, you know, Brentford offer a very challenging attack line with the physicality and and pace and, and, and skill and intellect of Tony. Then you've got, and Buemo is buzzing around and making clever runs. You've got all these different aspects and, and they're always putting uh, defenders under, under intense pressure themselves. So to come through relatively unscathed, to come through relatively untroubled, I know Dean's quite right. Fraser did make a couple of uh, decent saves. That one where he had the, the wingspan of about three double-decker buses and uh, to deny at the, at the near post, it was... But apart from that, you'd have been very disappointed if Brentford had scored more than one. And, and, and the one was at such an extraordinary finish. So basically, very, very impressed with the way that back three operated with only 10 men against Tottenham in the last Premier League game. Again today, the way the, the, the midfield in front of those back three and then the wingbacks. I talked about Perro earlier in the, in the show about how I felt he was more of a defensive player. He spent most of the first half sort of in or around the opposition box. And, you know, he offered a lot more than uh, than I've seen in the past. So there were there were definitely things to improve on, but also I was very impressed with, uh, with so much of the play today. Well, before we look ahead to Wolves then, let's take a glance at what the fans have to say on social media. Uh, lots of happy people, as you can imagine. Um, Ian Simpson getting in touch. He says, get a win against Wolves, then we can relax a bit. Uh, Jeff Watkins, hello. He says, up the Saints. Debbie's also with us watching along on Facebook. She says, well done, Saints. Uh, Russell on Facebook. Uh, wow, what a game. Don't know where they got the energy from that after Swansea, but top marks to everyone. David, good evening. He says, James. James WP's tackle at the end summed it all up. 
Um, Luke, hello, he's on YouTube. He says that was a dominant performance. It certainly was. Um, Colt Baker has left us this comment. Up the Saints, much love from Dallas. Uh, and Thomas Fisher has said he's watching from Switzerland. Uh, what a great game. I'm so happy right now. Well played, Saints. Yeah, a lot of fans going home happy tonight from the stadium. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Ralph, four goals for your Southampton team at St Mary's for the first time. How much did you enjoy that tonight? <laughs> yes, long uh, ago that they scored four goals here, so uh, it was very enjoyable to watch uh, against uh, a good side uh, after a tough Saturday with 120 minutes in your legs. But uh, I must say the energy we put today on the pitch from the first moment on was amazing and uh, uh, because of the performance, an absolutely deserved win today. You've spoken a lot this season about the adaptability of your players and the better strength and depth that you have. It was kind of a different sort of system that you picked tonight. How pleased were you with the way the players adapted to that? Very pleased, I must say. Um, the way we we changed it and uh, the way we trained it yesterday and spoke about it, uh, yeah, we're getting more flexible every week, I must say. And, and uh, it worked perfectly today, I must say, absolutely. Uh, you haven't seen... Um, Brentford conceding that many chances against them so this season they, they normally it's tough to create chances against them but we did it in a fantastic way and uh, and yeah this is good to watch what was the thinking behind that game plan was it kind of to match up with what they were doing no we knew that they are sometimes a little bit passive uh, when they are defending around the box not easy to break down uh, and to create something but uh, you have to have a good mixture of giving them the ball and and uh, let them build up and uh, having uh, counter-attacks and chances for, for getting in behind. And don't give them the, the chance to, to, to press you high and, and, and uh, don't take too much risk in their own half. In, in the opposite half you have to play and you have to, to let them run. Dean, as Kenzie mentioned, it is Wolves next. A tough trip away on Saturday. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? Tough. I think Wolves are an excellent team. I think they've been in good form this season. Um, coming off a, an excellent performance against Manchester United. Um, don't concede many. Um, and I think the manager's done a, a decent job there, to be honest. So I think it'll be a tough game for Southampton, um, but a game that they can go into with a lot of confidence. That's five unbeaten now in all competitions. You look at the last two away um, fixtures, um, Crystal Palace and West Ham. Southampton were excellent at West Ham. Um, so I think they can go there with real belief. We know how Ralph sets his team up. He goes to win every game. And now... He's got opposition guessing now because he changes the shape, changes the personnel, has you know rotation and um, selection within the squad, which I think is really, really important. So you're not sure how Southampton are going to approach the game in terms of the shape. You know they're going to try and win it. So, no, I'm looking forward to that game. I think it will be a real test because, like I say, Wolves are a good team, but one that the players will have a lot of confidence from the result tonight and because of the form they've been in lately. Yeah, Paul, in, in Wolves' last four fixtures, they've beaten Manchester United, drawn against Chelsea and only narrowly lost to Man City. So it's not going to be an easy one. They've only conceded two goals, I think, since early November. Those were 1-0 defeat to Liverpool in the last minute and a dodgy penalty against City. They've they've been extraordinary since uh, uh, a difficult start when I think they lost three of their first four games or something under the new manager. But, you know, they've, they've really turned things around. We saw... Raul Jimenez is uh, is back showing glimpses of his very best form. We saw that in the game at St Mary's. I was at that one. And, you know, Southampton weren't anywhere near their best that day. They've got to up their game. I'll be extraordinarily impressed if they manage to score four at Molyneux just because of the way 
Wolves are set up now, but I still think they can win because, you know, the Wolves, I again, I was at the Brighton game where they nicked a, a 1-0 win. You know, Southampton will create a lot more against Wolves than, uh, than a couple of their opponents have recently. Yes, they're difficult to break down, but we go back to the James Ward-Prowse uh, factor. You uh, you win a free kick around there, and then he's going to make that uh, count. So there are there are lots of weapons in the Southampton Armoury. There's a lot of confidence. There's momentum building. I think go to Molyneux with a lot of confidence and uh, and optimism. I was certainly looking forward to that one. Uh, Belvis Dean, thank you ever so much for your company. As always, always a pleasure to have you with us on the show. And thanks to you for watching. Uh, as we've mentioned, it's a trip to Molyneux up next that Saturday. It's a three o'clock kickoff, so you can join us from 1.45 on Saints Live. We'll see you then. See you later.